It's just part of what increased Michigan tourism last year. MSU tourism expert and assistant professor in the Department of Community Sustainability, Dan McColl, and associate professor in the department, Sarah Nicole, say tourism in Michigan will continue to rise through this summer. I spoke with both of them earlier today. So Michigan, you predict, is poised for a great tourism season this coming summer. But how do you dissect that and how do you know how the tourism season will be? I'm sure. Well, we look at a number of different factors when trying to figure out what's going to happen in the in the coming year. It starts with a very thorough examination of the previous year, which um, Sarah leads that part and does a, a great job with that. Um, we also look at what's going on with economic indicators that are relevant to, to tourism activity. We look at um, tourism trends that are going on nationally, internationally. We look at tourism promotion spending that's happening in the state. Um, we look at... Um, any kind of wild cards that are going on, anything sort of interesting um, that might be be occurring this year. The weather is something that uh, came up. How is this? We had a lot of conversation about how the weather this winter might affect the year's uh, tourism forecast. <clears throat> and then we um, we bring together a panel of tourism experts and we discuss a lot of these things and they bring uh, a lot of information and we, from there, um, create our forecast. And Sarah, how was last year in terms of Michigan tourism? Last year was a good year. Um, we've seen, obviously, back in 08, 09, we had uh, the entire economy was mm-hmm. suffering, um, and tourism was no different. Um, after that, those bad years, we had a couple of extremely good years with sort of double-digit increases in factors, mostly because they had fallen so much the previous years. Um, so what we saw in 2013 was really the, the third year of steadier, but what we hope will be sustained growth. Mm. Um, So we saw about a 2% increase in hotel occupancy, um, about a 4% increase in traffic, and that's traffic across the state. So that includes residents and commuters, but also visitors traveling throughout the state. Mm. Um, So again, smaller increases than we had seen in, in 11 and 12, but probably healthier in that they're more sustainable in the long term. And that's what we obviously like to see. Mm -hmm. And in terms of Michigan, do you consider this a big tourism destination? It is. It's about the 10th largest Mm -hmm. destination as far as the states for domestic travel. um, But it's definitely an emerging destination um, as far as people outside of the Midwest region finally becoming aware of Michigan as a state and the fact that there is more to Michigan than just Detroit, Mm -hmm. perhaps some of the negative images that people have developed of Detroit, Um, and not only becoming aware of Michigan, but actually jumping in their cars or jumping on on planes and coming here to visit. Um, So we're seeing increasing numbers of -of out-of-state visitors, many of whom are first-time visitors. And obviously, if we provide them with a fantastic experience... They'll go home happy, they'll think about coming back, and they'll tell their friends and relatives from those other states to come visit too. And uh, one of the contributing factors just from, you know, a student end is pure Michigan, I think, is that, you know, promotional aspect. So how has that contributed to this increase of tourism? Well, so the Pure Michigan campaign is, is um, has been an award-winning campaign mm-hmm that I think has done a great job. You know, Sarah just talked about the number of the increase in out-of-state visitors. Um, The Pure Michigan campaign, I think, is largely responsible for that because it's introduced the state to a lot of people in a different way. I think it's changed the image um, of the state in people's eyes. I mean, if you think about 
um, you know, the 10 years previous to the Pure Michigan campaign, especially the few years leading up to it, or the early years uh, of the campaign before it went nationally, what did people know about Michigan? Um, They knew what they heard on the news, um, and the news about Michigan was not always good. You know, it was um, troubles in Detroit, uh, the Kwame Kilpatrick scandal. It was the auto industry um, having difficulties. It was this image of Rust Belt and, you know, cities like Pontiac and Flint as well as Detroit. Um, And nobody was really hearing about um, some of the the great assets that the state has um, and some of the beautiful places. So along comes the Pure Michigan campaign and I think caught people's attention because they were a bit surprised. Mm -hmm. They're like, wait, Michigan? Um, and the the campaign was just beautiful um, and very well uh, created, and the, the content of it was excellent, and the visual uh, images. Um, and it, I think it got people's attention, and and it got the attention of the media too. So we started, and part of the campaign is not just the national television advertising, but the the Travel Michigan, the state's pure uh, tourism um, office. They. Uh, we, we started seeing a lot more publicity for the state, part of it generated by them by inviting people here to see it, and part of it just, um, you know, Michigan as a tourism destination, I think, was sort of newsworthy. Mm-hmm. And so we started seeing Michigan destinations pop up on um, all kinds of magazines, lists of, of places to visit. It's funny. When I drive my car, I have a notepad. Where, so if, if I see a pure Michigan billboard, I can write down the destination really quick just to kind of put my travel bucket later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, in addition to the weather, you kind of touched on that a little bit. But what are your predictions and how that will contribute to tourism this year, maybe even this season? Well, it's tough. We, we had a, a lot of conversation about this. I mean, one, one question is how much um, how did the weather during January and February affect January and February mm-hmm. uh, tourism activity? On the one hand, about 25% of, of tourism activity is about uh, is business related, and so that probably wasn't affected by the weather. Um, you know, the ski resorts, um, some of them uh, did quite well, and their bookings were up, but they seem to have lost something with day visitors. Um, on the other hand, they might make some of that up with a longer ski season. Um, the uh, snowmobiles, um, a lot of people snowmobiled this winter. Yet they didn't necessarily go to the destinations that that typically attract snowmobiles because there were more areas where people could go. Mm-hmm. So certain destinations actually saw a bit of a drawback. But overall for the state, you know, we think activity was still pretty high. Mm-hmm. Another question we have is whether uh, what will the summer weather be? We know that um, some of the studies Sarah and another of our colleagues have done in the past shows that when the weather's cooler or rainy during the summer, there's less tourism activity, um, and. And the thought is that um, with longer ice uh, or ice on the Great Lakes for a longer period of time, it'll take longer for them to warm up, um, and that will affect the temperatures of the water, but can also affect the climate uh, around the state. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, when we're looking at winter versus summer, what is the proportion of tourism activity in those two seasons? Um, About 50. 40-50% of travel is in our summer months, so June, July, August, Mm -hmm. September. Um, Obviously, we're not a major winter tourism destination Mm -hmm. in comparison to the states out west, the Colorado and Mm -hmm. and Utah sites. Um, So the proportion is lower in the winter. But for those ski areas, and obviously especially the ones that don't have year-round facilities, that don't have golf, don't have spas, don't have conference centers, winter for them is, Mm -hmm. is their only season. Um, so so critical. Mm-hmm. And then and fall is big as well. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, right. it's growing, well, I mean, yeah, people touring the wineries mm-hmm. and seeing the colors. 
And speaking of that, um, how has, you know, this kind of new fascination with the craft beers, with the wineries contributed to Michigan tourism and even enhanced restaurant diversity in that homegrown aspect? Yeah, I think we have a lot of factors coming together, and Sarah can speak to this as well. Um, we both have an interest in what we call culinary tourism. Sure. But I think it matches the image that uh, the Pure Michigan campaign has tried to establish uh, at a time when people are interested in and not only um, things like craft brews and wines and uh, local foods, and we have the whole local food movement, but also there's a trend in, in travel to go from place to place. And so the idea of like touring wineries or touring breweries mm-hmm. around a region is is um, up right now compared to just going to one destination and, and, and staying there. So um, I think the timing with sort of trends that are going on in, in society. And, you know, when you're traveling, you want to get a piece of the local culture. Um, and what better way to do that than, than sampling some of the local foods and drinks? And just to follow up on that, um, Michigan is actually the second most agriculturally diverse state in the country after California. So as far as the diversity of locally grown foods, um, and obviously mostly summer and autumn mm-hmm. produce that we have, we're second only to one as far as the variety, which obviously gives us a lot of advantage and gives our chefs a lot of good things to mm-hmm. work with. So. And is it fun for you to, I mean, Michigan's, like you just mentioned, it's a very unique state and it's surrounded by lakes. It's got this diversity. So is it interesting to work and figure out this tourism in addition to enjoy it for yourselves? I, I think it's wonderful. I mean, neither of us were are Michigan natives, but mm-hmm. we certainly proudly call Michigan our homes. Um, and Sarah can talk for herself, but I know I do. And and it's a wonderful state to be able to, mm-hmm. to tour around, and it's a great industry to be able to work with. And we uh, we here at MSU have a wonderful relationship with the tourism industry, and uh, professionally, that's very rewarding. Yeah, I would I'd say the same thing. I mean, I'm very proud to live in Michigan. I've really enjoyed living here for the last 12 years. Um, the tourism industry here is fabulous to work with. It's a hardworking but very mm-hmm. active, friendly industry. Um, and it's fantastic to have been here as the industry recovers and really goes from strength to strength to see Pure Michigan take off um, and to be involved in watching that and helping that grow. And around the country, too, Michigan, um, I think a, a lot of people in the, the tourism industry in other states are, are a bit envious of Michigan uh, with some of the things the, the industry has been able to do and, and uh, in securing funding for the Pure Michigan campaign and delivering such a wonderful campaign, too. So I know when uh, I travel anyway to other places around the country, you know, we hear some of that. Oh, you're from Michigan. Wow, you guys are doing some interesting things there. Mm-hmm. So a funny story, following on from that, there's an organization called the, uh, the Council of State Tourism Directors, mm-hmm. and they give out what are called the Mercury Awards every year. Um, and historically, they've given anywhere from five to ten of these awards each year to things like the best TV advertising, the best radio advertising, the best PR campaigns. Um, and because Travel Michigan and the Pure Michigan campaign have won so many of those awards in the last five or six years, They've actually limited the number of awards that any one state can win to two per year. I think it was the year before last that Michigan won five of the ten awards that they gave out. So they 
they had to limit the number that any state could win <laughs> so to give all of the other states a chance because Michigan was doing so well. That makes you a proud Michigander, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. And uh, just a couple more questions. One, how do you foresee the evolution of tourism? Because it's a constantly changing process as right now we have that homegrown, you know, kind of crave and that excitement. So in your opinion, Sarah, do you foresee different types of tourism industries popping up in Michigan or what are your thoughts on that? I think one of the characteristics of tourism worldwide is an increasing trend towards niche kinds of travel. Mm. So, so travel that is focused on a specific activity. Um, so even within culinary tourism, we see now wine-focused tourism, beer-focused mm. tourism, um, people that are interested in local foods or organic foods. And I think that will continue. People's mm -hmm. interests become more and more specialized. Um, and I think because of the diversity of Michigan and its natural and cultural and agricultural resources, we're very well placed to be able to appeal to all of those different kinds of specialist interests. We're also lucky here compared to some of our southern states to have four seasons. You know, Florida doesn't have a nice four season offering, whereas mm -hmm. here we can have the, the changing climate, the changing uh, types of activities that people can engage in. So we've got that nice wide variety sure. of, of seasons urban and natural kinds and urban and rural kinds of settings, lots of different things to see and do. Excellent. And my last question is, what is your favorite place in Michigan or one that you hope to travel to as tourism extraordinaires? <laughs> well, my my in-laws live near Sleeping Bear Dunes um, in the northwest part of the state. Um, and I've been going there for, for a number of years, even when we weren't living here in Michigan. And it's always, I've said long before I was working in in the industry in this uh, state that it's one of my favorite places on earth. Wow. I'm going to take the, the diplomatic British <laughs> uh, approach to this answer um, and say that I couldn't possibly pick one place for fear of offending any, any tourism industry employee from any of the other places I don't pick. But a couple of places that I've, I've had a chance to go to the last couple of years that were sort of surprises in, in the best possible way. One was the Keweenaw Peninsula. Mm -hmm. um, I had never really been west of Escanaba up in the UP before, and for a lot of UPers, that's only halfway. That's, that's <laughs> not even the whole way um, through the UP. So Keweenaw was gorgeous. And a place that really, really surprised me was Marquette. Mm -hmm. It was a phenomenal small town, fabulous setting, Lots to do indoors and outdoors, great hotels and restaurants. Um, so that for me was, was sort of a, a great surprise. <laughs> but we are glad to have you here, and we're glad that we have two individuals who are doing just that. Thank you. Thank you. Traffic, horns are honking, I've about had it. I'm looking for an exit sign. Gotta get out of here, get it all off my mind Then like a memory from your grandpa's attic A song comes slipping through the radio static Changing my mood A little George Strait, 1982